Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of law. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. <laughs> I'm Joel, and that was a low-energy intro. For more on that, refer to the pre-show that you might not ever see again. That's right. We talk about how Tom King's Batman kind of sucks. So it's not for us. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about robots, which is actually kind of related because Tom King wrote one of the best robot stories of the last 10 years. And Hell yeah, one of the best comics of 2016. It was both on our list for best books. Easily better, like, best book that Marvel has been publishing since Marvel is apparently, like, in a like in a suicide pact with, I don't know, whoever to see who could sell the least amount of books with the biggest amount of characters. It was cool to see Vision catch on the way it did, where, you know, it was definitely a critic and indie darling, but I think more people kind of picked it up and enjoyed it, because it's one of those things where it's like, you don't really need to know anything about Vision or the Marvel Universe to enjoy it, only to enhance it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, But, yeah, so we're talking about robots, more specifically our favorite robots in fiction. Yeah, of which there's plenty. This was a great year for robots. You had Vision. You had Westworld. Yeah, Westworld, man. Speaking of Westworld, you know, that was a show on HBO. If you didn't catch it, you probably should, despite the fact there's a lot of, like, questions left unanswered about Westworld. It's true. I still argue, by the way, apropos robots, that Prometheus is a better robot movie than an alien movie. Yeah, well, it's funny. In preparation for this, I was sure to, you know, look at a bunch of different lists of the most influential robots in fiction. And, you know, Bishop was on everyone and all the aliens robots. Yeah, well, Ash, Bishop, uh, David, all really, really sweet-ass robots. And, ABCD. And they all kind of exemplify the... Well, they, they all they all are different things and circumvent the expectations for them. You know, with Alien, you're like... Oh shit, Ash is a robot, you know? A tool of the company. And it's a surprise. But then with Bishop, you know right out right out of the gate he's a robot. Yep. And you know that Ripley doesn't trust Bishop, and you're supposed to trust Ripley's intuition, because that's the whole basis of the movie, is trust Ripley's <laughs> intuition. So you're waiting for the heel turn where Bishop is gonna turn out to be a tool of the company. But it turns out that Bishop's actually a well-built machine, and his yep. primary function is to keep everyone safe, and he tries his best, and he puts himself in that horrible claustrophobic tube. Like, cool, cool moment, uh, and then David is an asshole robot. Yep. I guess that's the lesson of that one. G good old Fassbender bot. Mm. I will say, because Prometheus is technically tied in with the Blade Runner universe, mm -hmm. I like the idea mm -hmm. Of, of David being a response to Tyrell's replicants. Ooh, that's smart. It's an email. If you ever, like, Google uh, Prometheus uh, Tyrell email, you'll see on the screen, like, there's a there's actually a correspondence between Tyrell and Waylon. And Waylon that's is right, like, I remember reading I've that. beaten you again, Way like, Tyrell. <laughs> like, and it's funny because I could totally see Waylon being a fucker like that, but also oh God, yes. I like the idea that in his spare time, Waylon decided to make robots. He's like, oh, yep. you're trying to, like, replace the human race or something. Like, no, I I'll build a better robot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll build a better steam engine, and I'll build a better robot. Yeah, I, I love that moment. Uh, but that you'll never see because it's a deleted scene. But yeah. I like that idea. I... I don't know why. What is what is it? What is with our fascination with robots and because they're like us, but they're not us. Yeah, it's funny. We we uh, so much of science fiction is hinged on you know the other, and you know whether that be an allegory for like westward expansion or uh, you know aliens or you know uh, 
of people within our own borders mm -hmm. whom we otherize or turn into oh yeah lo another. lots of uh yeah lots of robot movies carry you know really interesting social commentary messages where you know like the robot as slave and everything exactly now um that said i guess we should get our terms out of the way because we should because even in the list that other people wrote they had a hard time differentiating between what's a robot what's a cyborg and even what's an ai i read way too many lists with ais on there yes uh now that said if it's if it's got working machinery i call it a robot but that's just because i like to have blanket terms um but that said you know there's a lot like we uh, Vision is the cover of this episode, and yet people are like, oh, technically he's a synthesoid. And it's like, right. uh, does he have blood or organs? Was he birthed by a human? No. Then he's a robot. I don't care what right. you call it. It's a robot. But that said... A highly advanced robot, but a robot by any other name. But that said, like, there, you know, robots are just the framework for us to explore a the human condition and also be in the, on the on the like, more third secondary level, you know, the funness of machine of, of machines that are alive. So yeah. I mean like even with RoboCop, RoboCop is a cyborg because he's half human. Yes. But there are also robots in it because A, RoboCop is half a robot. It's in his name. And B, Ed 209 is a robot, so we got robots in that movie. Like, as everyone keeps mentioning in the chat too, yes, the the androids from the Dragon Ball universe are technically also cyborgs because there was some manner of humanness to them right, before. Right, right. My connection to Dragon Ball, notwithstanding, I, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a pass. But um, I just like that that's where the chat jumped to. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. What about those? Um, but uh, but let's get through our, our our definitions here. We've got androids. Is there mm. a difference between a robot and an android? Mm. Well, you know, androids are paranoid, so I've heard once. And they do dream of electric sheep, or at least <laughs> from what I hear. But dumb tish, we had to get those out of the way. That's right. Um, I, I don't know if I really see a difference between an android and a robot. I guess mine is that an android is supposed to have human-like qualities. More advanced, yeah, like a, like a replicant or like a synth. Even Fallout did a bunch of stuff with synths. I don't know if you ever played Fallout yes. 4, but that was the whole crux of that one. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, f for the most part, an android is a robot. Uh, cyborgs, you know, those are half man, half robot, usually. Darth Vader is technically a cyborg. Darth, Darth Vader is a cyborg. The uh, eponymous uh, cyborg is a cyborg. <laughs> yeah, he is friggin' in his name. Um, and, yeah, and then we got other, like, interesting things, like, is the Terminator a cyborg? Mm. They call it a cyborg in Terminator, but is it a cybernetic organism? Right. Hmm. I mean, the stuff that they put over him—that's organic, right? That's like supposed to be human, isn't it? Where do you draw the line on that one? If he's got human shit on top of him, even if it is just a flesh coat. But the other question is: Is it the organs that make him human, or is it his consciousness that makes him human? Because mm. as they establish in Terminator Two, you know, the idea is that their neural net processor is a learning computer that allows them to function as though they were a human and then of course if you either deal with the long the, the 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 director's cut version where they reset the switch so that it's not read only and he can actually like interpret data and then process it on his own uh i think they just kind of hand wavy explanation it in the regular cut where they're just like no yeah if a terminator is out long enough it will become self-aware and and want things of its own volition. And this conversation right here is exactly why this warranted its own episode, exactly. everybody. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I always like the... I don't know why, but I always, I'm always fascinated by the exploration of the human condition as viewed through the lens of a robot. Oh, God, yeah, they do some truly amazing stuff. I mean, to bring it back to Westworld there, the whole thing about Westworld was an entire theme park full of robots basically dealing with a god dilemma, finding out, oh, not only do our gods exist, but they're also raging assholes. Yeah, well, but... And I guess that's, like, them mirroring their creator because their creator is a huge, like, asshole god complex lunatic. Yeah. Um, you know, with with Westworld, it was a lot of fun to watch because, first of all, the first two episodes were really boring. But then it got it picked up. There's still I'm lots glad of I questions, it in bulk. especially if you watch Max Landis's YouTube channel. He complains endlessly about Westworld. How do the bullets work? How does knife? Yeah. How, 
Yeah, I watched it with another person, and they asked the same thing, where it's like, wait, 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 so do the, the guests have real guns, but the real guns can only work on the robots. The robots can't shoot real people, but they can stun real people. Yes. And, like, the other thing is, uh, you it's like a theme park, but for fucking and murdering, but people bring their children, but they yeah. make children robots, which means can, like, if you can rape anything in the park, can you rape the children <laughs> robots? Oh, like, no. The, yeah, and then you're like, what is this place? What is this madhouse? And if you, It I, is a I, new Sodom and Gomorrah. And All I, sins are welcome. I think that's, I think that it's supposed to be that way. I think you're supposed to, like, ask these horrifying questions, like, what is this place? Who would allow this horror show to continue? You know, what, and what happens the when guests you... from fucking with other guests? Yeah. So, you know, you got a lot of that. It, it's it's horrifying. But it's an interesting question because it's like, what 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 who who allowed this place to exist and who thought this would be fun? <laughs> how fucked up is the world outside the park? How horrifying and dystopian is it that this is how, you know, the rich 1% choose to get their rocks off? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but that's just one example of robots that we're seeing in in current pop culture, where it's like, hey, robots are still interesting. Um, Definitely the hottest pop culture robots of the moment. Certainly. Um, but uh, but let me ask you this: since we talked a little bit about like droids, synthesoids, androids, mm. cyborgs, uh, cybernetic organisms, robots, stuff like that, what what was your first exposure to robots, and what made you kind of like? What made you ultimately like them? Because I know that, like, I never really was interested in Transformers when I was a kid. Mm. Transformers existed. It was a huge part of my childhood, and children of my age loved Transformers. Me? Not so much. I was never really into Transformers. Maybe it's because I found superheroes first, and so I didn't mm. really have an interest in Maybe because I, I could not get my head around the idea of caring about machines. I, uh, I, it's funny you should mention Transformers because obviously we would have to mention them at some point there, you know, some of the biggest pop culture robots. Yeah. I, I came to the thinking, feeling robot in kind of a fucked up way as for Transformers. I never watched the OG Transformers. Oh. I watched Beast Wars. Or as, <laughs> was, or as it was called in Canada, Beasties, because war is too hardcore for Canadian TV. That so sucks. they had to change the title. Also, also, War of the Planets wasn't called War of the Planets. It was called, like, uh, Shadow Planet or something. All right, I'll take Shadow Planet, but, like... That sucks. <laughs> can't, can't have Beast Wars. It's got to be Beasties, which they even changed the theme. Did they really? Because the theme was, if you're not familiar with Beast Wars, someone yelled Beast Wars. Yeah. And then you heard like a lion roar that you've heard for the past hundred years in pop culture. Uh, I get what someone Beasties roar. Yep. And it's yep. Someone yelled that. <laughs> That's what happened. That sucks. <laughs> that, did you guys have Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles as well? Or was that just no. England? That was just England. We got ninjas. I guess according to, you know, the CRTC there, Canadian standards and practices, ninjas are fine, but wars are bad. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I like the fact that the government doesn't run my television. <laughs> it gets even funnier than that. I'm sure you've heard on uh, Canadian broadcast they need to play X amount of Canadian content, like, all the time. Okay. They do. This This is why people like Snow Informer has managed to have a career, because it's like, well, we gotta play something Canadian, so... And that's where Degra Degrassi factors in heavily. <laughs> that too, you know, it's also like, you know, what? why just so much like, you know, completely, you know, vanilla, milquetoast Canadian programming stay on for as long as it does? Right. That's why. Because they have, because it has to. It always bothers me, too, the things that, just to go on a complete tangent here, the stuff that actually crosses over. Because, you know, like, I had a conversation with someone one time about, like, you know, comedy stylings from around the world, like, you know, where the British sense of comedy yes. is very well known. And I'm like, well, you know, Canada, we have our own unique style of comedy, like SCTV and the Trailer Park Boys. And I'm naming off all these great Canadian comedies. And the American I was talking to, they're like, oh, well, what about Corner Gas? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a big hit over where you are, isn't it? Shit. <laughs> Uh, no offense to Brett Butt or anyone who worked on that show. It's just I don't think that's a good representation of Canadian comedy. Probably not. I assume also Yoga Hosers and Tusk are also not very representative of your of your culture. <laughs> that is Canadian humor through the lens of an American. That is that is appropriation. <laughs> Damn it, eh? Stop appropriating our shit, eh? Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to robots. 
<laughs> so what was your first exposure yeah. to robots? When did you like the ro- when did you notice robots and when did you l- start liking robots? That's a that's a damn good question. As I mentioned, I mentioned the whole beasties thing, but beastie never really dealt with the whole machine thing because it was machines as animals. No humans. I mean, I, so it was no like humans. whatever. Yeah. I guess it did get kind of weird like later on when they eventually did go back to Cybertron and like Optimus Primal got weirdly religious about the spark and the matrix and everything and the nature of robo humanity. Yes. But this this is gonna sound weird. I know before you know I ever discovered stuff like the Matrix or Blade Runner, and I know we've had a good chuckle at this before. Remember the Zeta Project? Yes, I remember the Zeta Project. A machine built to kill, but who doesn't want to kill anymore, and as such goes on the run. In yeah, like I remember very that Blade when it was, future. I remember that when it was called Short Circuit. <laughs> oh, Johnny Five. It's literally the same plot, but anyway, but yeah, but with less awesome. And Batman, and 100% less Batman Beyond. That's true. There were so many crossovers with Batman Beyond. They really stressed that Zeta's in the same universe. <laughs> um, so, okay. Zeta Project was your exposure to robots where you're like, yeah, robots are cool. Early on, or at least like, you know, robots battling with complex issues. Mm, okay, okay. Because um, I remember growing up, robots had always been there. Because I wasn't really a fantasy kid when I was when I was young. Like I didn't really get into like the Dark Crystal or like the Never Ending Story. I watched all of them religiously, but like they weren't really the thing that fueled my engine. I wasn't like, yeah, let's go to a far off forest and I don't know, hang out with butterfly Ants. men. Like, <laughs> we can, and probably because I grew up in the woods and I could have my own adventures in the forest, and I didn't like right. that was not really very special to me. But space and and science fiction were always kind of interesting and cool to me. It's so, the final frontier. So my exposure to robots started with Star Wars and like Short Circuit and stuff like that. And it's funny because I never really thought of them as robots. With Star Wars, I never thought of that as a robot movie because your your exposure to robots is literally R two and three PO. And for me, those were characters. It's true, like, which is something people. you could say for all of the Star Wars movies. The robots are great characters. They're people. Like for me, I didn't. I did not separate them in any way from Han and Leia like or Luke I was just like these 3PO and R2 are characters and they're people like I didn't <laughs> which makes that they're... universe way more as way darker and way more fucked up when you see that robots are second class citizens oh, in yeah, the Star no. Wars well, that, universe that's the mark of good uh fiction is when you can enjoy it as a child and then you grow up and then you can analyze it you can you can view it from many angles especially as you grow like Roger Rabbit is a perfect example of a movie where it's like as a kid you're like woo cartoons then when you're a teenager you're like woo Jessica Rabbit and then when you're an adult you're like whoa what is happening Hollywood racism yeah really cool stuff uh but but with robots you know, I didn't start noticing robots until much later, probably. Um, I want to say it was something like maybe Iron Giant, maybe Terminator. Oh, that's a good one. Iron Giant is, I mean, like, and that's more like aliens, but it's still a beautiful It's true. You, you get a lot of robot aliens, don't you? Like even uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yes, yes. Not ours. We didn't, it's not a, it's not a creation of our genius. Um, but Data's a robot. Yes. And, like, and a cool one. I, I quoted Star Trek, which is where I, where my train of, train of thought went. But you know, Data's a robot, and he is... The, the whole show is about whether Data is a human or not. Which they tackle... I think they never really tackle it any more perfectly than in the episode when Data's on trial for whether he's property or not. And <laughs> I think that's like season one or two, where they're like, oh, let's let's deal with this now. And then seven more seasons, we'll just, we'll just worry about it. Like, we'll just talk <laughs> about it. But, uh... But yeah, so early on, the exposure to robots was like subconscious, subliminal, if you will. It was like, oh yeah, robots are always a part of everything. And then, like, you find it kind of trickle. Like the the older you get, and the more mature you become, and the more fiction you seek out, like you start to really delve into it and be like, oh, let's talk about rope. Like let's, let's talk about ourselves and what we're capable of. Um, in college, a friend of mine, my roommate, wrote a story about robots. Right. It was probably one of the most boring things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and But it was because he wanted to talk about robots. And he didn't like want as to, a thing, not as a concept. He didn't want to tell a story using robots as a device. He wanted to talk about robots. And as such, it, like, it didn't really hold water. But it was interesting because whenever I think of robots, I think of his robots. His lifeless, boring, like... <laughs> 
uh, static, uh, personality-less, deeply troubled and inner, like, concerning robots who were just like, I really want to be human, or I really want humanity to bend to my will. Like, it was just weird. There's a, there's a lot of Pinocchio in robots yes. when you stop and think about the I want to be a real boy. Yeah, there's always there's there's two there's two schools of thought usually when it comes to robots in fiction. If you're going to talk about robots and not just have robots in your movie, uh, and that is robots wanting to become human, and robots hating or resenting humanity. Usually, it's right. robots still wanting what humanity has, even if they don't want to become person. And, and even the reasons for resenting humanity for our many imperfections. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people are even mentioning, like, the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz. He's a robot. Yeah, yeah, he kind of is, isn't he? And all he wants is humanity. All he wants is a heart. He wants a human heart within him. Mm. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's like, that is a perfect microcosm of the journey for sentient robots. And I guess that's what it is, your question. I thought of of another good one, too. Then again, this is kind of robot and kind of AI at the same time. Mass Effect, the Geth. Ooh, okay, yeah. Because they're robots... And they're also a hive mind of AIs that can upload to any sort of mechanical shell. And they're also weirdly religious, too, because they kind of look up to the Reapers as these perfect beings and being like, oh, well, we want a Reaper shell to upload into because that'll basically be our heaven where we can have just one giant big information orgy. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're an interesting thing. And then, like, in the later games, you find out where it's like, well, not every Geth wanted to kill Commander Shepard. There's another group that were branded heretics because they wanted to save Commander Shepard. Mm-hmm. And you have a choice to be like, okay, can I reprogram all the Geth to want to help me? Or I can upload a virus that will destroy their entire sentient civilization. Right. Can I, should I, and, and that question really is, do I annihilate a species or do I bend it to my will? Both are horrible. That's probably one of my favorite ethical questions a video game has ever asked me. Then again, it's kind of undercut by the fact that one is Paragon and one is Renegade, even though I would argue both have their merits and yeah, both are no, evil. It's interesting, that question, because you're like, okay, is life is, is life enslaved preferable to death? And mm-hmm, then of course, it's true. You ask yourself that question if it applies to humanity, and you're like, usually people are like, death is preferable. So you're like, okay, cool, like, but they're robots, so they're not even people, really. Um, I remember the, the the movie that made me go, th- that made me kind of re-examine robots forever, was AI, mm. artificial intelligence by Steven Spielberg, originally yeah. developed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, not the best movie. I thought no, it's it, not. I thought it was brilliant when I first saw it, probably because I was not an adult. <laughs> Yeah, that helps. Um, That's also when I saw it. And I really like delved into it and I was like, this is interesting and like w- w- but then when you when I watched it again, I was like, this is weird. It was more of an awakening movie where it was like, hey, robots can feel and then you and then you watch other things. I remember trying to watch Blade Runner as a kid and just literally my friend and I were like, we're nerds. We're going to watch Blade Runner. Put it on fell asleep literally 20 minutes in asleep woke up credits i was like no yeah i think that happens to a lot of young nerds too like you want you want the stuff you want to see where all the stuff you like come from you want to see like the year zero stuff but it's hard sometimes yeah that said watched blade runner a couple years after that like a probably a good five or six years after that and loved it. And mm-hmm. I really do like Blade Runner now. And it's interesting how, like, Blade Runner is about robots, but it's kind of more of a homage to Chinatown. And you're like, oh, this is like, yeah. this is a this is a person who wanted to tell a story and use robots as a framework, but then figured out that we could actually talk about robots too, and then expounded on that framework. It's just a it's just a perfect mesh of those two ideas. Yeah, the chat keeps yelling about Ghost in the Shell. I admittedly don't know that much about Ghost in the Shell. I saw the movie when I was a kid and thought it was as boring as Blade Runner. (laughs) Um, Tiffany watched the show and loved it. Right, standalone complex. Yeah, so she loved the show, and so she'll probably catch the movie. I think they're re-releasing the the original movie at some point. Right, they they made a couple movies. Ironically... I think the sequel movie they did, Ghost in the Shell Innocence, actually dealt with like a bunch of robot prostitutes that started killing their Johns, and it was very similar to Westworld. It was okay. very Westworldian. That's that's a cool idea. I'd, I'd get behind that. Not like not it the is. murdering of people, but the, the story <laughs> that it's about. 
Oh, come on, Sal, get behind murdering people for once in your life. <laughs> Live now, a little. Now, here's a question, because, like, okay, robots, you know, just by virtue of their existence, they are other. They are, they don't look like us. And they, then you, you, get, you delve into the uncanny valley of, like, either, the, like, you can either think a robot's cute because it has human-like features, or mm. you can be tricked into thinking a robot's a person. But then there's this middle ground where, like, a robot tries to look like a person, and it's gross and weird, and our brain won't accept it in any way. Oh, yes, the uncanny valley effect. Exactly. Um, I was thinking about the movie Robots with, like, Ewan oh, McGregor. Yeah. I didn't see it. And oh, I, the animated one! Yeah. Yes, yes, the live, the, the 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 CG one with Robin Williams and. For a second, I was thinking iRobot. I'm like, oh yeah, the one with Will Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one. The one with the brilliant line, "You have so got to die." Yeah, that one. <laughs> the, those robots were pretty freaky too, though. Yes, and not terrible looking because of the design. They were like, "It's gonna look fake. We'll make them look like this, so that we can make a thousand of them, and they can look." kind of real it was alan tudyk's uh audition for playing uh the one in rogue one yeah yeah man talk about a robot a new one that's like gone right to the top of the heap of robots I yeah think. i'd argue that uh crap what is his name k2so yeah that was one. the most human among them he kind of was it's funny i'm glad you know his full designation i was gonna call him k-y-s-o i don't know why i was thinking k-y uh, i don't know <laughs> But I'm gonna just move right past it. You know that droid exists in the Star Wars universe. That one's hanging out at Jabba's palace. Go see old K2S1 or KYS1. KY. Um, Why do they call you KY? Oh, reason. Oh, 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 oh. get to work. <laughs> um, did you did you see uh, Ex Machina? No, I kept hearing amazing things about it, though. I saw the great image, though, of what the robot and that looked like. Yeah, she looks fantastic. Uh, it's a red box kind of movie. You can get it pretty... I think it's on Netflix now. You probably I think it is, too. I think I passed it before. So good. Like, and it's short. And it's forget it, Oscar Isaac's in it. And uh, actually, nice. both uh, the, the dweeby general from Episode 7 and Poe Dameron are in that movie. And those Sweet. are all the people in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it was a very small cast. I remember hearing that much. Yeah, cool. And it beat you over the head with the concept because that is the concept. The concept is <laughs> like, robots, are they people? And the answer is really like, who gives a shit? They're probably assholes. Like, and it's an interesting movie. And, you know, if you just want to watch a movie about the concept, about this concept in, itself, in and of itself, you're like, holy shit, Sal and Joel got me interested in robots. I want to watch a movie just about robots. Watch X Machina because it's like 90 minutes of robots. And the whole concept of, like, robots in today's society, but with, like, futuristic, uh, like, science fiction, you know, ideas. The, the chat, too, is sure to bring up a lot of stuff like the Megazord or the Gundam or even Krang's robot body. Are those more tools than robots? Because yes. you need human assistance to make them work. Yeah, I think they're more, I, I see those as more, like, cybernetic enhancements, like, uh, you know, like, a, like, a, like an exosuit or a walker or something. Like, in fairness, they would do Power Ranger seasons later where the Zords were alive, but they had very limited kind of connection. I'm surprised they never told that story or never tried to, at least. That's Yeah, I can imagine that's probably a little too high concept for Power Rangers. I guess. You would think the Japanese would try it, but oh well. Yeah, but Jamail does remind Joel uh, about Alpha 5, who was a sentient robot. That's true, he was. And they never really explain much about him or why he is the way he just kind of lived to serve. He was he was a house bot. He was just happy to serve that guy. I think, I think that Alpha 5 is a misinterpretation of C-3PO. Mm, that's fair. Like, well, he's an annoying douchebag robot. We'll just put this annoying... Slightly fey. Like, yeah, uh, like kind of weak-willed cry baby robot and put him in the show yeah. like weird weird idea but interesting um, yeah, never never really had much development never really had much going on anytime he ever left the command center he just fucked things up for everybody yes but that's because alpha 5 more than being a robot he is what is known in the trope community as a butt monkey he, he is, sure is. He is Slimer on the real Ghostbusters. He is a character where, where is he? Why isn't Alpha 5 here? You know, like, Alpha 5 has to, he is, uh, he's Orko from Master of the Universe. Where he That's is, really good. He literally is, he, he has a designation, or at least he did before the narrative began, but now that the, the, the cameras are on, his, his goal is to make the children laugh. Yeah. 
which kind of blows. Yeah. So speaking of children, here's a here's a funny show. I don't know if you ever caught this one on the WB. It, they played this one really early in the mornings before any of the other ones. This might have just been a Canadian thing. It was a French cartoon called Cubics Robots for Everyone. Did you ever catch that? No, I did not catch Cubics Robots for Everyone. <laughs> it was kind of Big Hero 6 now that I stop and think about it. The main guy, Cubics, was a little like Baymax. Basically, it was, you know, robots as toys and also robots as, like, companions for children. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. It looks like they borrowed uh, the reboot CG. Oh, they did. They sure did. But it was French is what you see. Oh, I, I see. Okay. I think I remember seeing Cubixes in stores, like a, a toy of Cubics. They were hot for like a minute. The villain was totally just a poor man's Dr. Wiley. Boo. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, speaking of French robots and we are, there was another cartoon, which you may only remember because it had a rockin' theme song. It was called Bots with a Z Master. <laughs> I watched a lot of Botsmaster when I was a kid. There you go. Uh, yes, Botsmaster, if you're not familiar, I, I it was uh, it, it, it blended proto-CG effects with mm -hmm. 2D animation. They called it 3D. Um, Which was a total lie. They always said in the opening credits, put on your 3D shades when it's laser time. Laser time never happened. No, they had laser time. It's just that you weren't, you could not participate. It wasn't like, it wasn't a brilliant scheme where it was like, buy the Botsmaster toys, which come with 3D shades, and you'll have a 3D experience while watching the show. It's just that the, the effect that they used when it was laser time <laughs> approximated 3D using early CG effects. Yeah. Um, but that said, Botsmaster was a, a weird show as an adult talking about it because it's like, okay, Botsmaster. The idea is the corporations around the world, if I remember correctly, and Ziv yep. Zoolander, who has the name of a morning zoo Z -Z DJ. ZZ for short. <laughs> yes, ZZ for short, who literally just talks and has the name of a morning disc jockey. Like, sure does. Hey, everybody, welcome. Ziv Zoolander. <laughs> oh, here comes the top, top of the charts. Or, We're playing all the anti-corp hits here today. <laughs> or he could be uh, the announcer for pod racing. If you want. Oh, to. oh God. Yeah, he sure could. But uh, but that said, um, he's a terrorist. <laughs> sure is. Sim Zoolander uses his massive intellect to build sentient soldiers for his army against the government and then launches like minor attacks on their key infrastructure. Like, yep. that's the show. The show's about a eco terrorist who is like a, a rich white asshole who makes yep. robots. <laughs> I love to. What does he call his private army? The Boys Brigade yeah. with well, a Z. Well, that's a brain-operated young ziggoatopic zoids, if I remember. These are the Something things that like I remember that. instead of, like, birthdays and, you know, my parents' <laughs> anniversary. You and me both, man. <laughs> no, man, you gotta put all that aside. I need all this Botsmaster info. I might be able to do a podcast about it one yeah, day. I need to be able to just reference all the Botsmasters, like uh, ninjas and... Ninjas! Uh, he kicks doors off the hinges. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> Botsmaster, great theme song, terrible yeah. show. We yep. need to do a show where we just talk about the best theme songs in like classic cartoon history. Oh fuck yes. That's I have a, a, that's a I have a playlist on YouTube of just themes that I like. You too. King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. That is one of the sickest riffs ever in cartoon. Yes, and disproportionately terrible. Like that that's the thing. Is that the, the better the theme song, typically the worse the show. Uh, they the, knew they could get you in with the theme and then you'd stay. Yes. That said, there are a few exceptions to that rule. Carmen San Diego, for example, not the live action one on at PBS, totally watchable and great theme. Similarly, you know, I think that was also the first job for uh, Jennifer Hale playing Ivy. Yeah, I think so too, actually. Because uh, I remember Tiffany met Jennifer Hale. Mm. She was like, I remember watching you as, I, I, as Ivy. And she's like, that was my first job. Oh, that's cool. Like, Thanks for remembering that. Um, but yeah, so, and that's why whenever I hear Jennifer Hale's voice, I go, hey, it's Ivy! <laughs> Amongst like, a million other things. Yeah, or everyone, you know, she's also Carol Danvers in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, and, and Femme Shep to bring it all yes, around. Yes, and, and Commander Shepard, yeah. Yeah, she rocks. Uh, but anyway, robots. Um, we we got to talk about Bender, because, you know, we've been talking yeah. about, like, you know, robots as ways to explore weighty themes and everything. Sometimes they can just be funny and awesome. That's true, but also they explore, it's funny, they, they make fun of the tropes of robotics and, like, they really do. with Bender. Um, and, of course, all the other robots. I mean... They've got uh, Hell's Other Robots. You've got um, the other episode, uh, Some Like uh, Crimes of the Hot, Some Like It Hot. Some, the one where they're causing global warming. 
Bender got to be God for a minute too in a great, a great episode. episode. Yeah. That's a classic. Uh, dude, hedonism bot. How great is hedonism bot? Oh, Jumby, heat up the oil. <laughs> the <laughs> chocolate icing. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love the idea of just like a robot hedonist. I mean, the robot devil. The robot devil, voiced by Dan Castellaneta. Great. Uh, so good. Great song. Um, but yeah, so robots are funny. We got. They're inescapable in our they culture really now. Like, as we get further and further into like technology kind of taking over like is is cortana a robot I, I i would consider her to be more of an ai yes but yeah um well and i and i say that not just cortana the character in halo but also like the voice activated sentient thing or not sentient but like the voice activated thing you have in windows 10 where you can be like hey, hey, hey siri are you a robot yeah do you have an iphone can you do that <laughs> no i don't have an iphone android man yeah i have an android too hang on a minute I don't. I don't trust that Apple Corporation watching me all the time. Also, it's harder to load up my phone with stuff. Yeah. Okay, Google. Are you alive? It just showed me a move or a song by Michael Painter. <laughs> called Are you alive? <laughs> I thought it was gonna play Glados. Uh, what is it from Portal? <laughs> yeah. Oh well. All right. Well, we didn't take... we didn't kick the lid off of the uh, secret Google sentience project yet, but we'll, we'll keep One trying. Day. One day. Yeah, but uh, yeah, friggin' um, the the fact that artificial intelligence is permeating every aspect of our lives. I mean, like even to the point where like I've got like I don't have one, but you can get like a Roomba. Yeah. That like learns your house and knows where to go and clean things up and like shit's creepy i've seen way too many science fiction things to know that won't end well eventually <laughs> my roomba will grow to hate me because of the mess i make and will attempt to murder me well i need to clean the mess you are the source of the mess ergo i must clean you exactly it's totally it's rosie the robot from jetsons you know that's how it ended right with rosie freaking breaking uh george jetson's neck it's like you keep causing messes i have to destroy you yeah really um, humans are dirty and imperfect yeah um, but, uh, I was gonna make a point about, like, oh, yeah, it reminds me of The Simpsons when the Simpsons go to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Oh, that's a great one. They have the, they have the Itchy and Scratchy robots that are designed, they, they're given the, the three laws and they're designed not to only hurt each other. And, uh, there's a moment where they're investigating them and they have, like, and they take the faceplate off and he goes, Rawr! And he goes, I wish they wouldn't scream. And I love that moment. I think of it every time I think of a robot. I'm just like, I wish they wouldn't scream. Another great one there is another one. It was one of Frank's robot where he catches on fire. He's like, why? Why was I programmed to feel pain? Yes. Or the episode of The Simpsons where they go to the future. And it's uh, it's Lisa's wedding. And we meet the like the groundskeepers. and the. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know. First they hate each other, and now they love each other. I just don't get it. Of course not. You're a robot. And then she starts <laughs> crying. She cries. The tears interrupt her circuitry, and her head explodes and then melts. And they do that a couple more times. Yes. <laughs> Master Hugh has finally found true love, and they both die. Fucking amazing. Not just because that's a hilarious joke, but also because, first of all, clearly the guys who worked on Futurama were getting their bones doing that episode, but mm. also... The, the concept of a robot achieving emotional status and the uh, emotions destroying the being. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's really well put together. Yeah, brilliant little, like, di distillation of the concept of robots. Um, I was thinking about robots and artificial intelligence. Tron and Tron Legacy. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a, there's an excellent one right there. Uh, I remember we were talking about... Uh, Ethan and I love Tron in a way that, like, is kind of bizarre. And uh, Tron Legacy, anyway. I like Tron. Oh, yeah. I love Tron Legacy. And uh, people were complaining about Tron Legacy where they're like, why are the programs looking like humans? Why are they dancing? Why do they want to fuck? Like, what is this? And it's like, <laughs> you pull that thread, you destroy everything. Like, why, why anything then? You know, like, fuck you. How about just enjoy the movie? <laughs> here's, a, here's another great one from the chat here. The butter robot from Rick and Morty. What is my purpose? You, you get butter. butter. My God. Yeah, welcome to the rest of us. <laughs> then he created a thing that could think and feel and was horrified by its purpose. Yes, my God. 
<laughs> so good. Uh, talking about AIs too. One I always like but never gets brought up enough. Uh, John Henry Eden from Fallout Three, the oh, okay. uh, the robot AI president. I didn't play Fallout Three. It's cool because, like, throughout the game, you hear these recordings. Like, you know, when you're listening to the radio, you're like, "I'm John Henry Eden, president of the Enclave and president of what's left of the United States." It's it's Malcolm McDowell talking, so you know he has to eventually be a villain. Awesome. Because why would you do that? And like, he gives all these speeches, which are like, you know, sound like they're coming out of a like patriotic speech generator. Yeah. Because they absolutely are, and then at the end you find out he's a robot, mm -hmm. and he's like, yeah, they built me to be the best president. In fact, they took pieces of all the presidents that came before me and made the perfect president AI out of me. And it's amazing because then you think of the name John Henry Eden, John Henry, Henry, the guy who thought he could build a better steam engine. Well, could be the better, yeah. He could be and now machine. here, a robot that thought it could be a better president. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's very well done. It's a great reveal. Spoiler for Fallout 3, everyone, for those who didn't play it. But yeah, John sorry. Harkin's a fucking I think the game's, what, 10 years old? I think we have statute limitations on that. Um, it's an excellent twist. You know what we didn't talk about yet is comic book robots. And I know, there's so many. Specifically, like, I find that there's a prevalence not of comic book robots, but rather comic book cyborgs. Mm. Um, whether you talk about the, the Terminator definition of cyborgs or, like, half-human, half-robot, cyborg, Deathlock. Uh, yes. Even Metallo is a human yeah. in a robot body. Like Brainiac in a lot of versions is like half organic, half mechanical. Cable, unwilling ro un unwilling cyborg. He's infected by a by a virus that causes that turns him into a cyborg. Uh, or even Tony Stark himself. Yeah, to some degree, who willingly does it, who willingly gives up pieces of his humanity to become more mechanical. I mean, the fact is, like, he used to be a dude who wore a suit, and then, like, the more and more evolved he became, he was, he, he becomes, like, I think it's within his own genetics at this point. Yeah, like, with those bleeding-edge nanomachines and everything, so he'd always have a suit on him. Even at the end of Civil War II, they're like, oh, the only reason he was able to survive these injuries is because he's meddled with his own physiology to such a point now. Exactly. Uh, people reference, of course, like, Jocasta, Ultron, Baymax, Vision, oh, yeah. Ultron. Uh, there's The list goes on. Scud, the disposable assassin. Don't oh, talk yeah. about Grievous, he sucks. Um, but uh, there's lots of other examples we can use. He's real, Scud. He's <laughs> you fool! <laughs> oh, I hate Grievous. Oh, the uh, the cyborg Superman. There's another really interesting. Yeah, Hank Henshaw, good old cyborg Superman. Um, the nuclear family who had an awesome episode of Justice League action. Yeah. Because of that, a whole generation will know who the fucking uh, nuclear family is. That's right. Um, yeah, somebody referenced uh, Jim Hammond, the the original Human Torch. Nice, um, nice. Yeah, I always liked him. Red Tornado, who I never found interesting. It's funny, I love robots. I never cared about... Maybe it's because Red Tornado's powers are making tornadoes. They do him really good in Young Justice, where, again, yes, they ask those I've seen weighty him in, questions. I, I saw an episode in. or two with him in it, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, that's neat. They do that, and then you get to meet, like, his progenitors, you know, Red Volcano and, you know, Tsunami and everything, and they tie him into Dr. Tio Moro and everything. Mm, cool. Ooh, Amazo. There's a robot. Amazo, yeah. It's true. Lots of, what, a, I mean, what a cool design for a robot. Yes. Yes. Um, here's a question. This is tying in movies and comics. Is Age of Ultron a robot movie, or does Joss Whedon not really give a fuck and he's always just like... Because mm. it seems like Whedon just kind of takes the idea of robots and goes, you, you've seen all that... I, I have nothing new to add to this to this genre. I, I mean, just want to have him be a robot. A way it is, at, in, a, in a way I always felt Age of Ultron was like a story about creation and the next generation, you know, and like, uh, what is it, uh, Tony creates Ultron, Ultron creates Vision, and you know, the sins of the father and everything. Right, but like, they, they don't really explore that tonally, maybe they explore it tonally, but not like story-wise. There's no, I guess there's not. no arc for Ultron, like where he, com he comes to a realization. The only moment of any clarity for Ultron is literally... When he is fighting the Avengers and he realizes he's going to lose and he almost asks for them to stop and then Hulk punches him. Yeah. And you're like, wait, you can't do that. Like, you can't have Ultron say, you know what, the benefit of hindsight and then Hulk's punch him. It's a good laugh out loud moment, but it's also kind of oh, yeah. like, is Ultron changing his mind? Yeah, he sure isn't now after that punch. No, a weird. 
And like I feel like Vision isn't really exploring the concept of robotics and and and, and artificial intelligence as much as they're play acting. Right. Like, I feel like Vision's saying big words and he talks in numbers, and so that will make you think that he's like really like a, that he is carrying the history that Vision had throughout his history in comics. You know, Vision has asked the question of whether he's human and has explored that concept like ad nauseum to the point yeah. where he's like fathered children via magic like we've explored that enough so that when we finally see vision on screen that vision carries with him the history so we but he doesn't earn it because he's a new version of vision but you know for for fans they're like no no it's cool because he's gone through all this shit and it's like that vision hasn't that vision was built by Ultron in really, really flimsy storytelling, <laughs> and then and now he's just an Avenger, and he has an Infinity Stone in his head. And what will happen when Thanos takes it out of his face? He's going to die. Like, will he die, or will it will it turn out that like he actually doesn't like need it? Like you know well, what I mean? It's it's we, weird. We better pay our ticket price to see that. Yeah, we did. We didn't get to really get into that. Like one of the things that makes Ultron kind of awesome is that he is Hank Pym's son. Yeah. And one of the things that was robbed of us was making it Tony Stark's because Stark is the perfect Steve Jobs absentee father who or uh, who doesn't give a crap about having kids. Yeah. Like or we could have had it be like this is interesting. Now like Tony Stark feels like he did have a kid or something. You know what I mean? Dude's married to technology. You think his kid would be a robot? And he would explore that concept, but instead he immediately divorces himself of responsibility and authorship of Ultron. Yeah. I think we've got one line in Civil War, and that's it. He is he cares more about the, the, the dead kid in Sokovia than almost annihilating the world because of his son. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, what are some other fun robots there when we talk about? Uh, again, Brainiac kind of, you know, blurs that line that he's been a cyborg yeah. and an AI and a robot. He's kind of been all those things. Yes, Brainiac's been all robots, all, all incarnations. He's actually a great character to explore in this episode because he has literally been every incarnation of robots we've talked about. He's been half. He is the singularity. He's the singularity. I like that. Yeah. Disappointed in mean, his use in Convergence where he's just like, Meh. oh. Got it. We're in Convergence and like uh, Future's End. They even kind of up his importance even more so to be like, oh no, no. Brainiac is a Lovecraftian horror that exists outside of time and space. That's a neat idea. I like But the, I much prefer the other ones. But I'd rather he was just an alien. I, my, my Brainiac is animated series. You know, he, Hell yeah. he's, he's Siri gone mad and then. Like, he's Kryptonian Siri. What I love about the animated series version of the character is the whole, oh yeah, hey Jorel, where you were trying to get everyone to take this whole destruction of the planet thing seriously. I've been telling them everything's fine so I can back up and save myself. And then to have him be all upset that Superman lived where he's like, no, 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 no. I am the last son of Krypton. Yes. I am their greatest creation, not you. I you love need to that. die now. No, that's so cool. Ugh. Such a I love that where they're literally fighting over, like, the future of, like, how Krypton will be remembered. Yes. Which is also amazing because they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Will Krypton be remembered as the progenitor of the end, or will it be remembered as the progenitor of the savior? And it's exactly. Like, That's fucking brilliant. It's a and beautiful it's, battle that they wage and keep waging. And what's amazing about that, by the way, is, like, so much of this. Like, you know, so many, so many of these great echoes in comics where it's like, that fucking works! was accidental and incidental. It's just the human condition focused like, like creators to tell stories that wound up serving one linear focus. And that's kind of goddamn amazing. That's what mm -hmm. I love about comics is like, you know, like you have, it's why I hate reboots because by the time you get to a certain point, you get a book like Earth X, which where Kurt Busiek gets to take everything that came before and kind of like distill it into this one kind of cohesive universe where it looks like a clockwork maker like designed the Marvel Universe to go in one direction. Fucking Definitely. brilliant. DC, same exact thing. But anyway. Also, Skeets is cool. Skeets is cool. Another fun ah. one the chat came up with that I'm sure we could talk a lot about. Big Guy and Rusty. Oh yeah, Big Guy and Rusty. I have that book. I remember the cartoon vividly and it was kind of interesting that Rusty was the super advanced robot that worked big guy was just a dude in a suit but he needed to make the little robot think he was yeah 
an actual robot so the little robot would look up to him and hopefully not go crazy and kill everybody. Yeah. Um, I was amazed they even made a big guy in Rusty Show. Oh, God, yeah. Like, it, it was only one season, but YouTube it. Big Guy and Rusty is a show that was made. It looks just like the comic. It does. I was amazed years later to, you know, grow up and find out Frank Miller wrote that? Yeah! Uh, then I read it recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> does it Does it carry? Did they excise a lot of his weird shit in the cartoon? I can only imagine. There's just not a... Oh, yeah. The, co- the cartoon, there's... there's there, his... This, I'm, forgive the 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 comparison, but his Hemingway-esque way of writing is persistent, and by that I only mean that Hemingway wrote in short, stilted bursts where he only told you what he wanted you to know. And yeah. Frank Miller writes in a similar fashion. He's not very long-winded, except when he wants to be, and when he wants <laughs> to, be, it's real bad. And when he doesn't, it's yep. like it kind of cuts to the core of the point. So that works. And so, as such, the show kind of just has very simple, very like straightforward, diehard lines. So, yeah. There, uh, there was a group of evil villains in the Big Guy and Rusty show. They were technically cyborgs, but I loved their name, the Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, brilliant. Well, the Deus Ex Machina. First of all, the God Machine that tells that like ends the story for you because you have no narrative ability to end it um, is a great device that also is like overused to the point where like. referencing it by itself is not enough you have to earn it i think but as a kid though watching that saturday morning i had never even heard that word no so it sounds awesome and then you learn what it is i hope i i think that in that case it works a little better than like in other places that i've seen it used the game deus ex for example i was like yes (laughs) but uh but yeah so anyway robots uh i love robots and same i'm i'm excited that like people's fascination with them is not going away or dwindling. It's one of the things that, like, you know, gained prevalence in American pop culture, at least, and probably in Canadian pop culture as well, because we kind of oh, cut yeah. from the same... We're kind of cut from the same cloth in the idea that, um, you know... We're your next-door neighbors to the north, eh? Yeah. <laughs> the idea that, like, um, you know, there was there were alien... Like, there were B science fiction movies about aliens, and there were horror movies, and, like, you know, there's, there's, there's these different... Uh, you know, bursts of genres that kind of catch and then and then flicker away and die. But robots kind of like came out very early on in pop culture, uh, science fiction writing and movies and never really went anywhere, never left. Probably because robots are just an extension of technology and technology is ever moving and you can't extricate humanity from technology because that's what makes yeah. us people. So, yeah. Totally. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, any robot projects coming up that you're kind of like, you know, movies or, or comics that you're kind of like, man, this is going to be cool, that you're kind of excited about? Uh, the guys who made The Witcher, I think they're making a cyberpunk game that looks very much in the vein of Blade Runner. It's, I forget what it's called, but it's coming out in the next little bit. I think they only had the one trailer. Okay. That would be pretty awesome. I mean, obviously, there's the new Blade Runner movie and everything coming out as well. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's Cyberpunk 2077. That's the one, yes. It's literally called Cyberpunk. It's literally in the title. That's cool. Um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm looking forward to Blade Runner 2047 or 2049 or whatever it is. The new that's Blade the Runner hot movie. New, that's the hot new thing. You know, it's the future. You put the year in there. Yeah. Thanks, Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Man 2099. Not about robots, but about the future and very cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2049 thank you sam uh yeah the uh i liked blade runner i don't know if i have a lot of faith in ridley scott anymore (laughs) dude can make a beautiful looking flick if you have prometheus with the sound off that movie is goddamn awesome looking and even the the conversation like even the characters aren't horrible i i have a love-hate relationship with prometheus and I think David saves it for me because I'm like, ooh, robots. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but with Blade Runner, like, I, I hope it's not really stupid. It looks like it's capturing. I mean, Ridley Scott, obviously, he didn't direct it, but, like, the, the second one that is. But uh, I'm hoping that it, like, unapologetically explores the concept in a deeper way than it, they did in Blade Runner without fear of alienating their audience. Because here's the thing. Blade Runner failed 
like when it came out, no one saw it and it mm. did poorly and everyone blamed the terrible cut. And then they made more cuts, like three or four more cuts. Sure did. And some say like that the second cut or the third cut is the best. Like whatever they call it. I like the board Harrison Ford cut. That's my favorite. The what? The board Harrison Ford cut. I don't know that one. It's a where it's a cut of the movie where he actually has some narration where like Harrison oh, Ford actually narrates a chunk of it. That's the first one, I think. That's the original cut mm. where it's just boring. It's just like he he explains shit as it goes, and it's like no, <laughs> you don't need that. And he's really unhappy. Yeah, well, because he's like, but I'm done with this movie. You got me for the day. I'll read it. Yeah. I won't read it well, but I'll read it. There's some video game where they had Patrick Stewart obviously for the day, and he reads like narration and stuff like it's the first time he ever read it. And he's been in a lot. Is it was it was a was it Elder Scrolls? I know he was the king in that for like a minute. I don't know. It was no, it was some like weird like slasher game. But he reads like the opening crawl and it's just awful. Like he clearly was just like, "Here, Pat, read this." And he's like, "Okay." And he just read it as it like as like as it's scrolling across the screen, he's reading it. Thank you, Castlevania. I think it was Castlevania. Oh god, yeah, yeah. And he did that later on, so I was surprised they got him for that. Yeah, well, you know, uh he's in Enterprise commercials and on American Dad and he does like random like filler episodes of Family Guy like the dude will do anything now except more Star Trek <laughs> yeah he's really funny in American Dad I love Avery as a character he's a ridiculous character everyone in that show is a scumbag I like that show they sure are I, I like they drew that line where it's like you know what they're all gonna be crazy yeah um, oh and uh, they reminded me of the life model decoy exploration in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. oh yeah shit yeah that's coming out very soon we're gonna get a whole season devoted to life model decoys yay I guess that sounds cool I like the idea we'll see I'm, I'm oh kinda, get hype I'm kinda sick of like the characters that you like or not the per- like cause they're obviously gonna make replacements for the character like you know what I mean like we're gonna replace May with a robot and then we're just gonna fall in love with somebody or like has sex with Coulson and Coulson's going to fall in love with her. Then they'll destroy mm. the robot and then wake up May. And then it'll turn out that like, she's actually like not interested in him. It'd be, it, you know what we're going to get though. And you know, this is going to happen. We're going to get some really awesome to borrow a fighting game term here. Mirror matches, robo May versus May robo yes. Coulson versus Coulson. Yes, we are. It's going to be great. I hope it's really good. I hope it's handled with like grace and intelligence, but like, it doesn't look like it will. I think S.H.I.E.L.D. gets a little better every season because every season, even every half season, is kind of different. They've even gotten to the point now of putting, like, chapter headings on it. Like, this is S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider. This is <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. LMD. That was S.H.I.E.L.D. Invasion. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, was it Invasion? I don't remember. But they, it, well, it was. The, the Inhuman stuff was Invasion. Oh, okay, yeah. That was cool. Yeah. I'd be down with that, yeah. You, you know, also, too, there's the chance they're probably going to bring back people who have died already. So we might get Patton Oswalt LMD. We might get Ward LMD. There's no question in my mind that we'll get a Ward LMD because they can't get rid of that guy. No, they can't. I like it. <laughs> I think that's frustrating. I'm like, let this guy go. I get that you like him and you build him as a, as a front runner in the show. Kill this guy and let him go. No more of, war, of Ward. <laughs> I thought Ward had an interesting arc from being an insufferable hero babyface to being the betrayer to being a villain to, like, being a weird alien man. I liked him being, like, the villain. Yeah, me too. But then they made him, like, they kept, like, resuscitating him, and it's like, just let him die! <laughs> let this go. But, uh, but yeah. So, anyway, robots, everybody! Thanks a lot for watching this episode of Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, we'll probably there's a lot of robots we left out because like robots are ever present and will never die and will outlive us all. So like well, that, they... we could easily come back and do a show on like artificial intelligence oh, if yeah, we wanted. Yeah. That's like a whole episode in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, and we could definitely like go back and kind of retread some of this like the discussions we talked about here. But um, in the meantime, Joel, what's happening on Cape Joel that everybody can look forward to catching, man? Uh, well, you know, as of right now, I'm just trying to catch up on a bunch of the different reviews. It was a it was a busy 
Christmas and New Year season. They did not let up on us. Yeah, did what the they? crap? <laughs> yeah, in years past, like comics would be a trickle, and it would be like, oh man, I guess I need to really think of something to fill time with. No, no, DC continuing with their new monthly shipping schedule, which is good for them and good for me. But God, I didn't get to freaking relax. You can see new comic reviews. Uh, you can see my actual top ten list of 2016. In fact, a lot of you have seemed to have seen that. It's actually doing pretty good numbers, so I feel good about that. If you haven't seen it. Check it out. I'm really proud of that one. Yeah. Uh, here on Comic Pop, don't forget to t- hang around today because tonight we'll be re- we'll be releasing a new episode of Back Issues, which is our flagship title where I explain a comic to two guys or to one guy and one girl who don't really uh, know what's going on because they don't really read them. Uh, that said, uh, in this case, we're going to start off the year right with a four-person episode of Back Issues. Everybody's oh, on the show. Oh. And then we're going to go back to, to basics the following week. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and hopefully you'll check it out. It's an, it's a Brian Azzarello book. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So enjoy that. But uh, keep a, keep an eye out, and uh, lots of big things on the horizon here on Comic Pop and on Cape Joel and on the Weekly Poll. Stay tuned, keep an eye out, and please don't forget to watch, subscribe, like, and uh, comment. We really, really appreciate it. It helps out the show. And if you're listening, of course, don't forget to check out all the sponsors we mentioned at the top of the show. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks a lot for watching. So long. Bye-bye. Yeah.